Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast. In case you guys didn't know, I'm really trying to work on growing my social media presence, either on Instagram and on Twitter. So make sure you guys give me a follow over there of at Jason Hill is both handles. It's also in the show description. It's a quick way to link over. This is the best way to also ask me about questions or topics you would like future podcasts on. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you check out the YouTube channel. It has a lot of these topics just in video format. It's just another medium for you guys to check it out. And so that is a good way to also get some jujitsu help. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Secrets Podcast. My name is Chasen Hill. Hopefully you guys are all having a good week so far and getting some good training in. So in today's episode, I really want to talk about this idea about when jiu-jitsu students are having a hard time remembering techniques or blanking out while they're rolling. And so I wanted to share a few helpful tips and tricks that I've learned over um, my years of training jiu-jitsu and just some things that I've learned and and ways that I've been able to help students overcome this and for myself. Um, I think this stuff is very important. A lot of times whenever I start training with newer students, one of the biggest frustrations that they have is being able to remember the set of techniques that they need to to try to work or they need to try to do, right? Whenever they're training, maybe they've been to a lot of group classes, they've seen a lot of techniques, but the first time they start rolling and sparring, they don't even realize what positions they're in and they're not even sure which moves they can use in certain positions or they just use completely the wrong move at the wrong time. And this is such a common problem with jujitsu. I think it's actually kind of a big reason of why a lot of people maybe kind of quit jujitsu too, is because it's very hard to get our brains organized and to get everything together. So I call this um, paralysis by analysis a lot of times, you know, where you have so many options, you don't know what to pick. And so you're not sure really what to do. So the first thing that we really want to talk about is like, what is actually going on with our brains, right? So Whenever I started creating my coaching program and started giving more online content, I really started going down deep rabbit holes about how our brains learn and what is actually happening inside there and how that can actually kind of relate to jiu-jitsu in my um, non-neuroscience you know, opinion, just in, in things that I've learned and seen and what I've come through. And so the first thing that you have to understand is whenever you're first starting training jiu-jitsu, even if you're not a white belt currently, but you put yourself back into when you were a white belt. And the first time that you started doing any kind of rolling or or sparring, there was a very high anxiety uh, feeling that you had. You had this um, fight or flight type feeling where you just felt like everyone was trying to choke you and strangle you. You had no idea what you were doing. And so what happens is that your brain is going into survival mode. Our brains kind of have what is called a crocodile brain or a crocodile mode. Basically, whenever it goes into that flight or fright, fight, fight or flight mode, um, the crocodile brain starts to take over. And the crocodile brain is a not really a scientific term, but that's what a lot of people call it in a simplistic way that you just revert back to whatever is natural. So the thing is, is that in that flight or flight, you are reverting back to what you naturally would do. Because if you've never trained jujitsu, or if you've never been into a combat scenario or anxiety driven scenario like that, you don't really know 
what what you're going to do. Your body has a natural reaction to it. And a lot of times what was really cool is that the Gracie family did is they actually did a giant psychological study on people where they, um, you know, just did the Gracie challenges and a bunch of other things. And, and you kind of saw what happened when you took unskilled individuals and you made them train against skilled individuals, especially in a fight mode. And then when that person exhausted all their resources and they couldn't get the person off or they couldn't do whatever, we saw these common ideas happen. So this is an example of that flight or or fight style of crocodile brain. So you've basically programmed your brain to build habits of certain ways, right? So you've reverted back to the croc brain. Your first time you're training, you have all this anxiety, you have all this pressure, but you've learned all these techniques. But what's going to happen is the things that you do the most or that you do the most frequently, or you have the most information on is what's going to boil to the surface. So these are going to be the habits that you have created before coming in to jujitsu, most likely. And then as you continue to train jujitsu, you will start either um, building upon those bad habits, quote unquote, whatever a bad habit is. And that's very subjective and argumentative in jujitsu. Some people would say using your strength is a bad habit in jujitsu, but I would argue that sometimes using your strength at the wrong time is a worse habit than quote unquote using your strength. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So you kind of have to look at it from this angle. So what happens though, is students, when they start applying techniques for the first time, or they start attempting to apply techniques, they're reverting back to what I would call bad habits for grappling or bad habits for fighting or bad habits for self-defense, right? Whatever you want to get into that. So the first thing you have to do is you have to understand how we can build good habits. And so a habit, just as a quick refresher, is like a settled tendency. It means it's something that you kind of naturally do. So we need to figure out, okay, in order for me to stop blanking out while I'm training, I need to build better habits so I can start to think about my techniques so I can actually start to execute them because whenever you first start doing anything, you are playing off your bad habits or the previous learned stuff, or you're maybe a blue belt or a purple belt, and then your one or two techniques have failed, and now you're reverting back to bad habits, right? So we have to understand that basically all of training or all actions that we do is a form of a habit of a habit, right? So the first habit that I really recommend students start to build upon in order to get this analysis or paralysis by analysis idea um, improved or overcome or whatever you want to call that is to obviously slow down because what's happening is your physical body is moving so fast that there's no way that your brain can actually follow up. So because this information is very new to you, or maybe you've only learned this cool sweep one time, you don't really retain it a whole lot. Now, when your body is moving so fast and you haven't done that sweep very much or any kind of sweep similar to it, then it is very challenging for your brain to keep up and recognize what is happening. So by far, I think the 
best habit any student can start to improve on is this kind of slowing down concept. And so if you can slow your physical body down, then your brain will physically slow down and that will allow you to be able to think of the techniques better. You'll be able to analyze the position that you're in better. You'll be able to start to process and see what's ever happening. But that flight or or that fight or flight mode starts to take over. And so you start to just panic and get out or start to move as fast as you can because you either think that's what you're supposed to do or like I said, you're just reverting back to bad habits. So that's the first thing that has to happen. And the next thing about when we move too fast is that it's going to cause more fatigue. And so just like everything, if you guys are to like go run probably a marathon or do an extremely hard and ridiculous workout, there's probably no way that you could then go take the SAT or the ACT or a very taxing um, exam for some of you guys that may not be that hard, but you, you get my point. Go take a very hard mentally challenging exam after your body's physically exhausted. It's very difficult to do to do that as well. So if you're moving way too much and exhausting yourself, especially later in the rounds, your brain will not be able to process and you will not be able to uh, improve on that paralysis by analysis idea. Um, so that's the first habit that we really want to start to improve when it comes to getting better at this idea. So habit number two, the next thing we want to think about is improving our self-awareness of the positions that we're in, right? So what I mean by that is I have students, a lot of times they will be in the bottom of the mount, for example, and they will reach up into my collars and try to X choke me from the bottom of the mount. Now, a lot of you guys are going to be probably laughing and be like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they actually would do that. But if you've been training long enough, um, if you're a blue belt or a purple belt or anything higher, you've probably had this done to you. And that's because the student is not aware of the position that they're in. They're just pulling bits and fragments of information out of their brain. And they're like, man, I could reach this guy's collar. I'm going to just go for this move right here. But they don't have the self-awareness to understand that they're in the bottom of the mount and not in the bottom of the guard, right? And that's a big distinction for a brand new person. For people who have been training for a while, it's a pretty obvious distinction. But for new people... It's very t- a tough. If you're a struggling jujitsu student that is really looking for some more help and guidance and trying to figure out what you should be training and the next steps in your jujitsu journey, I have an online program called the Jiu-Jitsu Blueprint for Lifelong Development. Make sure you hit me up at jasonhill.com and I do an interview to make sure that you're a good fit, make sure the program would actually benefit you so that way your time's not wasted and neither is mine. Thank you guys again for supporting the podcast and we'll get on to the episode and challenging, right? So you want to be able to improve on that self-awareness. You need to be able to understand what position is actually that you're in, right? And this goes back to habit one of slowing down. If you slow down, this will help you become more aware of the position that you're in, right? The next thing that you need to do while in these positions is instead of maybe being more, um, Uh, escape focus, for example, if we stick with that bottom of the mount escape and you're trying to figure out, um, you you just try to get overcome this mind blanking idea is you would want to try to sit there for just like a second and try to analyze what exactly 
they are doing to you. So often when students get into a bad position or whatever, they are trying to escape as quick as they can. They're almost like a wet cat or a cat that's trying to avoid being put into a bathtub. They're trying to just get out super fast. And I think that's a lot of times that's the um, fight or flight idea, but also they've been encouraged or they think that that's what they're supposed to be doing to just get out because you don't want to give up the points. You don't want to give up the inferior position, you know, show no mercy, you know, never surrender, that kind of idea. But the problem with that is, is that it doesn't help you improve um, the going blank idea. It doesn't, it doesn't help improve that because you're not really building awareness of what's actually happening to you. And so you can get away with that. I I see big guys who do this all the time. They get away with it because they're big and strong and they can just bench press somebody off. They can just roll over versus trying to sit there and really try to analyze what's going on. And then they can hit like a technique. So a little game or an exercise that I encourage students to play in this is what I call the five second game. And so the five second game is where you have to challenge yourself that any position that you're in, you have to at least count to five before you can move. So if I just get mounted, I have to count in my head one, one thousand, two, one thousand, three, one thousand, four, one thousand, five, one thousand. And then now I can give myself permission to escape. So you have to put yourself into those style of positions if you're wanting to improve that self-awareness. If you're just in it for like a second or two or you – and what I mean by a second or two like you're going to escape, a lot of times students make it worse. So instead of like keeping me in the closed guard and just holding me there, students will try to like – sweep me or do something really crazy, like get up or try to get out right away. And it <laughs> helps me actually pass and it helps me get to the next position. And they try the next thing. They try to get out as quick as they can. It helps me mount and then so on and so forth. So a lot of times you just being a little bit more patient and slowing down and being calm and doing that five second rule actually will prevent me from getting as many dominant positions or getting the person as many dominant positions. And it helps build that habit of self-awareness, right? The third habit that I really have for you guys is be a consistent hunt for feedback um, individual. So you should be craving this hunting for feedback idea. And so what you should do is after each round is over, right? After you're done with training, you should say, hey, is there anything that I could do better? Is there anything you felt like I could do better? Especially if you're rolling with the upper belt, Now, I know a lot of times there's a weird dogma with asking questions in a lot of jiu-jitsu gyms, depending on where you're at or or, or who you train with. Um, But especially when the round is over, there shouldn't be too much dogma about asking questions in that way. Um, That should be very uh, open-ended. I don't think that's kind of discouraged anymore. Now, you want to be careful about like whenever you're training in the round, you don't want to take up the whole training round asking every single question left and right, and you're not getting the actual training going. Um, So I really recommend wait till the end of the round if there's anything that they have to give you feedback on. And then the next thing is like ask a question if about something happened. So if this purple belt, let's say I'm a white belt, this purple belt mounted me and um, I just couldn't get out like you need to ask, hey, why was I not able to get out of that mount? 
Was there something that you were doing? Was there, you know, what, what was going on? And most of the time they will know because if they're an upper belt, they have better self-awareness than you do. They've built that habit and they've been able to develop it. They've slowed everything down so they can probably recall and go back to that moment and they can probably tell you what was happening. So they might say, Hey, yeah, I was blocking your arms this way. I was blocking X, Y, and Z. And now you can take that piece of information in, and then you can remember it for the future. Now you've added it to your library. And then the last thing that I recommend in order to build this hunting for feedback habit is keeping some kind of like a training journal or, you know, record your video and then reflect back on the feedback. So this is kind of a two-part thing. Either, you know, have a journal of the general ideas that were expressed to you uh, with your training partner. Like if, if they gave you some feedback, you can write that down. Also, obviously, if you recorded it, you know, you'll have it on video, write down maybe the feedback that they gave you somewhere on the video. You know, what I encourage my online students to do is to upload it to a YouTube channel and just make it unlisted. And then in the description box, you can like write some notes in there. And so that way, when you go back and watch it, you can reflect back on any kind of notes that you took. It's so that way you don't have to try to remember it yourself. So that's a good little tip in order to, to help that idea. But if you don't reflect back on it, then it doesn't do you any good. So reflecting back just means revisiting it. So if you take notes, your notes don't really do as much if you're not reviewing the notes, if you're not reading them. Now, there have been some studies that have shown that just actually writing the note does help um, transfer the memory into a longer term memory. But um, reviewing that note, at doing the three things of experiencing it, writing it physically, and then reviewing it a day or two later has been the has been proven to um, help uh, uh, transfer that into long term memory even better. That's that's the most effective and efficient way. So um, those are that's a way that you can create that habit of hunting for feedback. So remember. All of these things, all of these three habits that I gave you guys are what you should be thinking about in order to uh, get rid of that uh, a paralysis by analysis idea or getting rid of that blanking out. And, and the sooner that you guys can do that or work on that, the better your jujitsu will become. Now, when it comes to doing that, we, we want to understand, I know a lot of you guys are like, man, there's, he gave me so much stuff there. How, how can I remember all of this? I'm going to make it easy for you right now. So how do you, how do you remember what I actually just told you? Well, number one, you can record, you go back and listen to this podcast again, but there were three habits. So let's review them again here really quickly. The first habit was slowing down, right? Because the more you slow down, the more your brain slows down, the easier it is to process the information. Number two is improving that self-awareness. So once you slow down, you can now be self-aware about what positions you're commonly winding up in, what is commonly happening to you. So therefore you can make the correct technique decision. Habit number three is hunt for that feedback. So once you're able to slow down, once you're able to um, be self-aware of what position you're in and how maybe a technique you tried didn't work, then now you can hunt for feedback around that specific failure that you had or why did this technique not work? And that's a way that you just created three great habits and now there was no no blank. You just now identified that you maybe had a problem in your jujitsu versus just blanking out and not knowing what to do, right? 
So the way that you guys can really work on improving this is don't try to work on all three, right? Some of you guys may already have some of these habits developed and might be pretty good. Um, some of you guys might have started this habit, but it's not developed all the way, right? So like if you had a scale of one to 10, one being like the habit barely exists and then 10 being like you're a black belt at that habit. Some of you might have already been working on these things. You might've already been working on slowing down or you might've already been working on improving your self-awareness or hunting for feedback. Some of you might be like a level 10 at some of these things. Some of you guys might move micro slow. That's great, that's fantastic. But if you're wanting to improve any of these habits, you basically need to think about setting little tasks and little goals. So for example, if your goal is to slow down more, right, then you should set the task to basically be doing the um, the exercise, the, the game of the five second game where you have to wait five seconds before you can move. And that's going to help you slow down. And it's also going to help you improve your self-awareness. So you need to be able to set little goals or little tasks or objectives, whatever you want to call them, in order to build these habits up, right? So if you want to hunt for feedback, the task that you need to set is, hey, after the end of each round, I'm going to ask my training partner, no matter if they were good or bad or indifferent, I'm going to ask them for, for some kind of feedback. That way I can get in the habit of doing that. So remember, habits are things that are created whenever you're almost not thinking about it. It's a it's almost a thing you don't even think about doing. It just happens automatically. And so the more good habits you can get into jiu-jitsu and overcome the bad habits, the better your jiu-jitsu will become faster. And then the last thing is just continue to look for bad habits. Like you should be continuing to hunt for them or identify what they are. Um, if you guys need help identifying if something is a bad habit, you know, shoot me a message, let me know, and I'll try to help you out if it is. If you need help overcoming that habit, you know, please let me know. That's the kind of stuff I do in my coaching program all the time. So anyway, that's it for this episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and uh, I'll see you guys in the next one. If you guys are really enjoying this podcast, I'd greatly appreciate it if you left me some reviews, maybe some five stars, whether you're listening to this on Audible, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, make sure you guys leave this five stars, leave some nice words. Also share it with a friend. You know, I don't charge anything for these podcasts and my goal is just to grow it and help the jiu-jitsu community. So thank you guys for supporting and I'll see you guys later. 